Hey guys, I'm Daniel and welcome to another episode of the Relatable Real Estate Podcast where two young realtors that talk everything real estate while keeping it relatable. Well, today we have a very special guest. It's Mr. Cole Jones. How's it going, sir? Not too bad. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, no, it's a pleasure. Uh, you know, we went out for dinner the other day. We talked a lot about, you know, mortgages and interest rates and everything. So I think, yeah, uh, yeah let's you kind know, of talk about that. C- couple young guys getting into the industry and exactly. build, building it up. So yeah, no, happy to be here and yeah, looking forward to it. So awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, you know, kind of your background, like how did you get into uh, mortgage broker yeah, position. Yeah, totally. So I, uh, interesting, like I never really thought of myself as, you know, getting into real estate, being a mortgage broker and yeah, basically went to university right out of high school, um, did business school. And throughout that, I actually started and ran my own painting franchise through like oh, a student awesome. run company. So kind of got that entrepreneurial, you know, itch, so to say, and did that for a couple of years, did quite well at it. And after I was done, I was like, you know what? I think I need to like get a little bit more sales experience. So did a bit of sales for a bit and was always kind of looking for that next thing where it was like, what, what should I do to like, yeah, get back into the entrepreneurial side of things. And yeah, the biggest thing that kind of came up was, well, actually, sorry, I got a mortgage. I bought my first property. I was (laughs) pretty young when I first bought it. So I was 24 and went through the whole process and I'm like, damn, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, from that basically, yeah, got it going and here I am today, absolutely loving it. So yeah, I took awesome. the course basically like I think we closed on the property in I want to say like early August and then yeah, like signed up for the course like 2 weeks later. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah well, Lo- loving it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that's probably the best way to do it, right? Like you went through the process, you kind of saw how it was and like everything and then you kind of just you I think something just sparks in you, right? You're yeah. just like, oh yeah, like I, I can do this. Like I, that's something that I think I would like. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. But man, uh, you know, it's good that you said that you bought it when you're young because this is what the podcast is all about. But you know, I think the f- question that's in everyone's head right now, especially if they're trying to get into the market, is what's going on? Like, what's going on with interest rates? Definitely. What's going on yeah. with mortgages in general? Yeah. So it was interesting, and like especially like going back to buying my first place, it was it wasn't anything crazy. Like me and my fiance were well girlfriend at the time and we were making nothing more than like i want to say we're probably like 120 130,000 mm-hmm. for a household income so it wasn't like anything crazy i will say you know what we we lucked out and we had a little help from the bank of mom and dad and yeah we you know we're able to qualify for a sizable mortgage and got in when we felt like the time was right and yeah i have, haven't really looked back but no i mean right now you know the world's different, um, yeah. especially when we first bought. We bought kind of peak COVID, where interest rates were one point five percent, and you know we've seen a massive <laughs> yeah. change since. It's a then. little bit different now, <laughs> just, just a touch, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's at the point now where we've seen interest rates go up substantially. Like my myself, like we were actually in an adjustable rate mortgage, um, and I won't change from that. I think there's the biggest thing is with a variable or an adjustable rate mortgage is the flexibility is key. Like if right. we ever wanted to. Um, say refinance, take out the equity that we've been able to generate over the last couple of years here. It's, it's huge. Um, and then also if we ever wanted to sell, if we ever wanted to upsize, have that flexibility where you don't have to make those prepayment penalties, it's big. Um, but yeah, so with the current market right now and interest rates, so we've seen it go up 
a significant amount. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, I mean, we're at the point where we're seeing variable rates at the low end at like 5.7% wow. um, or 5.8%. So yeah, because right now the, the prime interest rate up at 6.7. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting time. Like maybe in the fall, we were all kind of like, when's like, when's the light coming at the end of the tunnel? What, what are we going to be seeing right. over the next little bit? And I think we've kind of finally peaked and we've right. seen that light at the end of the tunnel where, you know, the variable, I mean, from the, the wording of the bank of Canada is, you know, we've, we've hit that, that peak and they're going to slow down and we're going to, you know, start to see it maybe decline later on this year, early next. Um, but they're not making any more increases for the time being. Mm-hmm. And with that, it's quite interesting because we're starting to see in the bond market, which is what fixates the, the fixed interest rates, right. um, we started to see the bond market go down, mm. which means that fixed interest rates have now gone down. So there's a big difference between a fixed interest rate and a variable interest rate yeah. right now. So it's like so much so, I think on the low end, we can get into like a 4.59, 4.69 wow. for a okay. five-year fixed, which is amazing granted that is for an insured mortgage so that's for less than twenty percent right. down so you do have the insurance premiums on top of that um but with that yeah it's a massive difference i think i just saw an article the other day where it was like 1.2 percent is like the average difference right now between a fixed versus variable rate mortgage right. so because of that i mean it's kind of and with the banks following the bond rate or the the, the bond yields is we're starting to see where you know over the next little bit here they're anticipating that the variable rate is going to be going down. Right. And I think that's another question that I had too, is that, you know, a lot of people, especially Kate and I, we've been talking to clients and we've been seeing a lot of people kind of locking in for one or two years on their fixed. Definitely. And then uh, going back uh, to a variable after, right? Like refinancing. Totally. Is that something that like you've been seeing a lot lately? Uh, What do you think about that option? Definitely. So, and I think that kind of goes down to where every mortgage is different compared to like someone's, personal like what what's going on right now in their lives because it's something where it's like you know if you're putting down say the minimum um you're putting down five percent on say a half a million dollar property and you want that stability and you want to know what your payments are right you know locking in at a 4.79 percent for five years isn't crazy like historically that's a pretty damn good interest rate Mm -hmm. and it's one of those ones where like yeah for that type of buyer where you know they're putting the minimum down it may make sense for them to go to a five-year, but say you're, you know, you're up, upsizing, you have say four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in equity that you gained from your previous property and you're putting 35, 40% down. Right. At that point, yeah, it would make more sense to do like a shorter term fixed, ride out this high interest rate period, and then get to the point where, yeah, in a couple of years from now, you're able to renew at right. most likely a lower interest rate, whether it be fixed or be variable at that point. Um, like for example, I just had this client the other day that we were working together and they have a daughter that is, um, two years old. And basically by the time the three, three year fix will be up, she'll be out of daycare and going into kindergarten. So it made perfect sense for them. And they've always been variable rate people. They've always said that, um, because they love the flexibility in it. Um, but with that, he realized that basically after that three years, she's going to be in kindergarten. They no longer have to pay for, uh, daycare. Mm. So because of that, they can then put that extra savings back towards their mortgage. So if they can go into a variable rate mortgage, they're willing to, you know, move around for the flexibility. Right. So yeah, it's, it's very much dependent on the person. Um, but yeah, the two, three year, especially the three year fixed rates right now are pretty Pretty appealing. Um, like I've seen, 
think I just got as low as a, like a 4.89 for a three-year wow. fixed recently. So it's it's great. Yeah, I think for first-time home buyers, like you said, exactly what you said, right? The stability, I think, is yeah. probably key. A lot of people, especially with their first investments, right? They're so um, they're calculating everything, right? They're totally. like kind yeah. of like insecure about the the whole process, right? It's a big kind of change, right? A lot of responsibility, right, to pay a mortgage. Yeah. And uh, I think, again, the stability is probably the main thing that kind of uh, drives people to go into the fix, right? Stabi Especially right now. Stability is huge. Um, and the biggest thing that I'll always talk to any one of my clients is like basically the way I do it, it's pretty standard across like the mortgage broker world. Um, but you kind of do an intro call, figure out what their goals are, their current situation, figure all that out. Then they do their application. We're able to actually dive into everything to do with their application and what they're what they can actually afford. And then that third, like the third time or second time we actually meet, the call that we have, it's talking about the fixed versus variable. What's the differences? Right. What could the potential prepayment penalty is going to be? And after that call, like I, I believe that most clients are they're set up to the point where they know kind of what's best for them. Mm -hmm. um, granted, I will say usually I can kind of tell what's best for them. Right. And not necessarily like it's always I'm advising. Here are the options. It's your decision. Right. But, you know, there, there's kind of that certain type of personality that right. may fit of course. a fixed rate more than a variable exactly. rate, right? Like, I hate to say, I mean, people like us, we're going into a 100% commission business. Right. We're probably a little bit more risk tolerant and, right. you know, we, 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 can, we can take those ups and downs. So we can go with the variable. So it's, right. it's one of those ones. Um, but it's also about reading the people. So Of course. I know it's a bit of a jump around answer, but it's... it's no, it makes sense. It's yeah, the no. biggest thing when it comes down to it because it's like you want to make sure that people are happy and people are right they're not stressed exactly right yeah, i think so. that's the main thing is just kind of having that uh, you know understanding kind of the, the situation that they're into right kind of totally. fitting the, your product into their circumstances right and then just kind of i think that's probably the best fit right yeah but into that though uh you know what you know there's a lot of people that are wanting to get into the market right now you know kate and i have talked to people that said last year that they're going to wait until the interest rates stop rising uh and you know they kind of just started the process right now, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people in that situation right now. So what are some of the things that you look into uh, to get them the approval, right? So what is a few things that they should be, you know, kind of uh, taking care uh, in order to get a good approval? Totally. Uh, so the biggest one is make sure you have a down payment. Yes. Um, <laughs> I get a lot of people that come to me and, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I think there's a point where I, really the, the minimum, especially in Vancouver, the minimum is 5% down for anything under half a million dollars. Yeah. That being said, though, you know, really like to get anything into Vancouver, I would say like having that minimum of $25,000 down, which is 5% right. on half a million. Yes. It, it makes the most sense. So, you know, getting to that certain point, that's one. I would say $25,000. If you have that as a down payment, you're, you're looking really good. Okay. Um, you're in a, you know, you're in a job, you're in a stable job. You've been doing it for say a little bit of time, depending on the different types of roles. There of course are certain types of jobs where, you know, we can get you approved, like potentially even in probation. It's, it's, it's an, it's an exception that needs to be made. Right. But if you've been in that career and you've been in that industry for some time, um, there are still ways around it and it's certain lenders and it's all kind of to do with them and to do with the file right. and it's, it's nothing set in stone. Um, and then there's some where, you know, self-employed individuals, you know, you may need two years or, um, but that being said, there's tons of programs that different, um, lenders offer like a, a stated, a stated income program, which can basically, you can look at if you're self-employed under a year, mm. um, there's ways that we can still get you into the market. But right now, like kind of going back to your question is uh, the biggest thing that people should be looking out for is yeah, having that down payment, 
making sure you have a, a you know decent income in the sense that it's um, you're stable, you're happy. You know that even once you get into the mortgage, sure, you may qualify at a certain amount of income. Right. You want to make sure that you're safe. Like you want to make sure that right. you're still actually going to be making money after because, you know, <laughs> exactly. it's not cheap, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it does happen. And you have some people right. where, say, they're they're looking to buy. They currently work downtown Vancouver, live downtown Vancouver, right. and maybe they can afford in Abbotsford, for example. Mm that may change their career. They may not oh, want absolutely. to commute, right? Yes. So knowing that like, okay, whatever market you're looking at, will I either one, be able to get a similar job there um, mm. because you still need to get a job to qualify and all that exactly. type of stuff. Um, but can you make that change and you know do that? And the other thing is, this is the one thing that I, I always say too for first time buyers is, are you willing to make sacrifices? Because right, that's huge. It, it's one of those ones where like, if you're not willing to make even like a little bit of a sacrifice, I just don't think that it's worth it, especially in the Vancouver real estate market where, you know, living downtown is, it's great. It's amazing, but sometimes prices can be unaffordable for what you want. So right. maybe it's that, Hey, I'm going to move further East yeah. and moving out into the Fraser Valley, finding different areas like that, where, you know, there's still some amazing properties. So I think, um, yeah. And I think what you touched on right now, I think that's really like really good advice because, you know, a lot of people have this perception that, you know, they're going to get all that they want on the first property. Right. Yeah. And totally. uh, we talked about this all the time, Kate and I, Kate is just behind the cameras here. And uh, we talk about expectations, right? It's really important to have realistic expect expectations. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, you know, you're not going to start with a mansion, right? No. I, I mean, maybe some people do, but you know, the, for the majority of people would love that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. But for the majority of people, they'll start maybe with the one bedroom condo. Right. Totally. And it might not be in the exact location that you want. It might be where you can afford, but again, Kate likes to say this all the time, uh, the real estate ladder, right. You're going to start with that and then you can climb up the ladder. And, uh, I think that that advice is really good. Totally. To a, and yeah. you also got to think too, is like, I always see these clips all over and, you know, people always talking about this, but if you're renting, you're technically paying hundred percent interest, <laughs> yes. right? So it's like, I mean, if you, your payments are similar to yeah. what your rent is, maybe it's a little bit more. Think about that. Like say your payments are $2,200 a month for rent right. and your mortgage payment would be $2,600 a month in rent. Like that $400 that you're extra spending, that's just going into your investment and you're paying down right. the principal on your mortgage, right? So that's just paying it off more. And then five, six years after living in that property, sure, maybe you've paid down, I don't know, 25% of your mortgage, for example, if right. you're being smart with it and, you know, making extra payments, making some lump sum payments, you're then at the point where hopefully your property is also appreciated and mm. yeah, you're going, you're going up the ladder, right? Yeah, so absolutely. we live in Vancouver. We're, we're lucky where I think I saw a stat the other day. I believe it's, I think eight roughly about eight percent mm. average yearly return on investment when yes, it comes to right. real estate in vancouver yeah. so you know it's it's a great place to live but it's also a great place to own real estate so if Perfect. you can get in yeah i think it's a good option yeah and then uh, just going back to what the you know what you look for in the pre-approvals yeah i think one question that a lot of people have uh, and that's a little bit you know unique i think for 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 real estate here in canada is the stress test definitely right yeah uh, so what's uh you know what is it for people that don't even know because it sounds kind of stressful so uh. there you go um 
So yeah, basically the stress test, it was implemented by uh, our lovely government um, <laughs> lovely. To, to make sure that, you know, people that weren't, basically make sure that people weren't getting into a mortgage that they couldn't afford. Right. So it's two things that you look at. Either it's the qualifying rate of 5.25%, um, which I think may need to be adjusted. We'll see what happens over the next couple of years right. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or contract rate plus 2%. So that's going to be the rate that you're offering. So I'm talking about these, you know, high four interest rates, like a 4.79% interest rate, you have to qualify basically at 6.79%. So what does that mean though? Is basically, can you make those payments? So if interest rates were to get up to 6.79%, can you still make those payments? And everything we do within mortgages is it, it, it revolves around um, this is going to get a little bit more technical. Some stuff that you guys don't technically need to know, <laughs> but it, re- it revolves around gross debt service ratios and total debt service ratios, um, where they need to be in line with a certain percentage that the lender has set out and potentially the insurer has set out too. So right. of course, if you're putting less than 20% down, you do have to get an insured mortgage. So they have much more stricter guidelines. Um, but basically, you have to qualify within those ratios at contract rate plus 2%. Right. So before it used to be you you could qualify right at the contract rate, where this is basically four times like this. Where I mean, like myself, I qualified at five point two five percent at during that time, and basically, yeah, I mean, we're now at a point where our interest rate is actually higher than five point two five percent. So good thing we qualified at that, because mm-hmm. if not, I mean, m- me myself, like I'd be a lot more stressed out than I would be if I didn't, right? right. So That's why it's called the stress test. Why it's called the stress test. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the main thing. Um, it's as much as it you know may suck in the sense that you're not going to get as much as you believe you can actually afford, it may help you out in the long run because it's going to eliminate a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. That, that's that's super interesting. Um, you know, I think something else that I have a question for you is for first time home buyers, let's say someone has a budget of $500,000, or at least they want to buy something around that price mark. Uh, what would you say is like the average income for you to get approved for that? Of course, it depends on a lot of factors. But what would you say is a good kind of like average wage that you need, you need for that price? Yeah, so half a million dollars, $500,000 is it's an easy one. Yeah. Um, basically, the, the minimum down, you'll need $25,000 down. So to put the minimum, uh, you'll need a household income of $100,000. So I mean, Honestly, that's two people making $50,000 a year. Right. I, I believe, actually, I don't know what the average is, but I believe that's pretty close. Yeah, I think it's like 40. I think 40, it's 40,000. 40 something. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's at the point where, you know, that's slightly above average income for two people, two working individuals in a household. You should be able to get into something. Um, granted, I mean, I've, <laughs> I posted a video about, I posted a reel about this a little, <laughs> a little while ago, and, you know, I get the odd comment on, TikTok and stuff where it was like $500,000 property in Vancouver. I'm like, yes, but let's talk about on the greater Vancouver scale. Right. There are tons of things, one bedroom, one bath condos, and honestly, like pretty new, as you guys would know, right. pretty new condos that you can get into in that price range. So it's, it's definitely doable. Um, it's just, you know, having the discipline to save for that $25,000 down and, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's it's one of those ones that can be quite attainable. So, yeah. yeah. What about debts? Like, do you think that's something that like a lot of oh, yeah. first time home yeah, buyers yeah. have? Like, something that should be concerned. Well, sorry, I should preface it. But yeah, that that hundred thousand dollars down as a ta- or as a household income that would be with no debts. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like 
I do see first-time buyers with debts, um, you know, people getting car loans, people having um, student loans. There are things um, that, of course, will contribute to your your qualification and bringing right. that down. Yes. Um, that being said, though, like there's ways that we can look at it, like where uh, working with your student loans, whether to make that payment as low as possible, because usually you're, you're set at a certain point or say you've been you know trying to pay off your student loans quicker than what your actual timeline is because you don't want to pay the, you know, the more the interest, anything right. like that. Um, for your qualification purposes, we can bring that down. So bring down your student loans to the lowest payment possible. Um, say that's 200 bucks, right? Like right. if you're paying $500 to $200, that's a massive difference mm. in qualification. It could be like 20 to 30 grand. Right. So it, it's one of those ones where making sure that we look into what your debts may be as a first time buyer because um, there's ways that you could potentially, you know, get around it. I mean, car loans are another thing. We're, we're talking about this off the air here, but um, <laughs> there are programs out there now where I, I don't personally do it, but there are companies that do it right. where you can re-amortize your car loan. So mm. say you have five years left on your, your car loan, you're paying eight, $900, um, re-amortize that out to, I think the max would be like eight or nine. Don't quote me on this. It's right. one of those, well, I don't work in that, but this is something <laughs> that you can do. Great companies out there that do it. Um, and then you just decrease your payment by, I mean, could be upwards to 30, 40%, right? right. So that's just going to help you qualify for more. Um, and the biggest thing I always say, if, especially if like you have the down payment, but you still have the loans, still reach out to a mortgage broker. Don't think that, mm. hey, you know what? I need to pay off these debts before I talk to a broker. Right. Because, you know, sometimes I could be like, I'll look at it and be like, sure, you may have a very high um, maximum on this. Like say it's $50,000 is your limit right now. And that's, right. that's what you have as your balance. Um, but your payment's only like a hundred bucks. Just for example, depends. It's like a line of credit, whatever. Um, even with that, I can be like, you know what? It actually doesn't make sense for you to pay that off. It makes sense right. for you to keep that, use that additional $50,000 that you would have spent to pay it off, put that into your down payment. Right. So there's certain things like that. And that's where it's like having the conversation before you go to pay off the debt could be super beneficial if your end goal is to buy real estate. So, yeah. And yeah. I think Kate and I always talk about it, even like for us too, right? Talking to us is free, right? Talking yeah. to a mortgage broker is free. Like you don't have free. to sign any contract. No. So I think if you're in a situation now that, you know, especially hearing after that, um, you know, the $100,000 uh, income, yeah. uh, you can probably qualify for a $500,000 property, which is, you know, most entry level homes, I would say, especially now that the prices have come down, it's pretty achievable. Like yeah. it's not, it's not like a huge, uh, huge, um, uh, price. Right. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. especially with people that, you know, have uh, girlfriends or like are looking to move with, with a buddy, maybe you guys have some similar goals with, in relation to real estate. Yeah. I think it's worth the shot and talking, at least talking to you or, or, you know, talking to a realtor as well. Start, that way start can, it off. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and there's ways to do it too. Like, especially like, I mean, there's always the term of like house hacking, right? Where it's right. like, you know, if you, you buy at the minimum down that half a million dollar property, say you, you do love living downtown Vancouver, you know, go live in that property for a year, put the minimum down and yeah. then move back out and use that as a rental property. And you put only $25,000 down. So yeah. there there's ways that you can, you know, set yourself up for success, especially if you're in say your twenties or thirties right. where, you know, maybe you're at the point where, you know, you're just um, no kids. It's just a husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend living in the house together. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's where I kind of go back to talking about, you know, making that sacrifice. Yes. You can make that sacrifice, move into a property like that 
and then yeah like do that the house hacking house hacking trick <laughs> where yeah you, you put the minimum down stay in it for a year and then treat it as a rental property yeah. and you can go back to renting if you want to or you know if you've been able to see mass amounts of appreciation on your property refinance take out equity and then put another minimum five percent down on another property and then yes. you have you're building your portfolio from there and i mean you're setting yourself up for success in the future so absolutely um yeah yeah and on that topic too and on that note do you think it's a really good time to invest right now either as an investor or as a first-time home buyer what are your thoughts yeah i mean right now i think it's a great time to be an investor if i don't know i necessarily say like for example i know a lot of people have always talked about where being a first-time buyer buying the prop your first property as an investment property right i don't necessarily think that that's a great option right now just mm. because i don't see a lot of properties cash flowing right and you know as that first-time investor you i i just personally for my sake i feel like i would want to be at least breaking even just for that comfort because it could just deter you away from investing in the future right, right. and the other thing about it too is i mean we live in vancouver um, I would love to know the stat on this, but I don't know for sure. But I, so many mortgages, especially first-time buyers, are getting gifted funds. Right. And one, uh, you need 20% down for an investment property. If the sole purpose is an investment property, you need 20% down. Um, and then the other thing is most banks, most, lend most lenders won't allow a gifted down payment. Really? For, for a rental property. Interesting. Yeah. So oh, okay. it's one of those ones where you got to do it on your own terms. There was, there was a lender, I think it was a couple of years back, where they were going to offer it. But for years, it was always that. And it's huh. always been kind of a gray area. Interesting. Um, but it, it's one of those ones where you should have your own funds right. to pay for an investment property. So on the first time homebuyer side, I don't think it's a great time hmm. just because of how much your monthly payments are going to be. Right. Um, that being said, though, if you're, you know, an invest, like you've been doing it a couple times or say you already own your primary residence. Right. Yes, I think it could be a great time to be an investor because prices are low. And you know what? Sure. For maybe the short term, you may not be cash flowing on a property, but go into a variable rate or go into a short term fixed. And as long as you're planning on holding the property and not selling within right. three, four years, like it, it's gotta be a five to seven year plan, I believe. Right. That being said though, I'm also a big supporter of don't sell your real estate. If you can keep it, keep it. Right. Because 20, 30 years down the line, I mean, look look at our parents, right? Like right. my parents bought in Heritage Mountain in Port Moody um, in 1997. And I think they paid like, 375 for a, <laughs> it's so crazy it's crazy right, right? so <laughs> and, and they've held it they still own it to this day and um i think i mean you guys would know better than me but i think they're selling for around like 1.92 million right. so yeah. i mean any homes now especially port moody and it's crazy yeah yeah so, so that's one of the things and you know what i think it, it, it's always a long-term game um so I, I don't think right now is a good time for the flip yes but i think if you're a long you're looking at a long term yeah i do think it's a good time to invest because prices are low yeah, they're, and they're gonna, yeah. And again, we talked about the the possibility too of you know locking on a fix for yeah. you know a shorter term, and then once you know rates come down, then you can always you know uh, refinance and, totally. and get a, a different mortgage, right? So get into something better. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, we always I always like to clarify this too because everybody says, oh, you can refinance, you can renewal, you, you can renew. Um, there is a difference between the two because once your three year term is up, or your okay. two year term, or your five year you're free to do what you want. Right. If you strategize correctly, which would be reaching out to a mortgage broker a couple of months before your renewal date, 
and looking at what's potentially out there, you guys can then get an idea be like, okay, well, you know what? It actually makes more sense for me to stay with my current lender. Mm, Interesting. Or it's like, you know what? Let's switch over to a new lender. Um, You don't have to necessarily do a refinance because you don't have to break your current mortgage. And you can just take like the exact same amount of funds that you currently have and move it or what's oh, okay. called the switch to uh, to a new lender. Interesting. So okay. you still have to pay legal fees, so there is some cost associated right. to it. Um, but you're free to do like at the end of the term, you're you're kind of free to do whatever you want. So awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what are your thoughts? You know, that's something that Kate and I have been recommending a lot of clients right now is on pre-sales. And yeah. I know that you know it's. Uh, for mortgage brokers, you know, you have to wait a little bit longer to, to finance the mortgage. Yeah. But have you seen a lot of people kind of coming to you and asking like questions about, you know, hey, like I, I'm, I'm thinking about buying a pre-sale. Yeah. Uh, and so in a few years, I'm going to get a mortgage. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that option? So I think it's great. I mean, especially if you get it at a good price point right now, I think pre-sales can be awesome. Mm. Um, I do always recommend talking to a mortgage broker, uh, having that kind of conversation beforehand. And, and you know what? I've had it in times too where I've had people that have come to me uh, say they're, I mean, this is one example, they're a registered massage therapist. So they're technically a contractor, right. self-employed, sole proprietor, uh, just actually got licensed. And they're like, hey, like I've had a great first year making tons of money. And I'm like, okay, well, we can look at it this way. You know, we can look at stated income programs, but realistically, you're not buying for three years. Right. Let's put a plan together where you know that you, you know exactly what your income needs to be to qualify for this property. And you can do so like when you make your, do your write-offs and you do anything to do comes tax season to get your net income. Right. You can then plan accordingly knowing that, okay, I need my net income to be at this. Right. For two years from now, when I sell on this pre-sale. Um, there are also options where you can look at doing what's called, well, some lenders call it like a builder's cap mortgage, okay. where you can lock in. Um, I can do it up to 18 months. Other other lenders can do it longer. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they have contracts with the developers, though, right. all that type of stuff. Um, but I can do it up to 18 months. You're locking at a higher interest rate, but um, you have the security knowing that you're approved. Right, it's like the no look back program. Yeah, right? exactly. So yeah. they're not going to like reevaluate no. you you're, once you're, it completes, right? You're good. Yeah. Right. So and it was it became really prominent for me. I guess it would have been last summer as we started to see interest rates, you know, go up. Right. Um, I had a couple clients that had bought detached homes out in like Mission and right. like Abbotsford, and we were at the point where they they did buy at the high, like they bought in right. the spring market. They bought at say. 1.2 million and right. you know we knew that those property values were going down so not only can you lock in and be approved but we can actually get also get the appraisal done at that point really oh, yeah so we, you can get the appraisal done huh. which is great because then we're getting it appraised at that peak value so if home prices were to drop which they have been the bank's going to still appraise it at that property they're not going to do a new appraisal come closing okay and they're not going to have the the point where you know they can they're, they're screwed over in a sense where they have to put right. more down to to cover the rest of the mortgage so absolutely so well, that's yeah no that's great to know i mean so especially you said 18 months right that's kind of a uh you know a pretty good time if you think about it right like if if you're a first-time home buyer and you know ken and i always talk about the pre-sale option mm-hmm. which a lot of people seem not to know which yeah. is interesting right a lot yeah. of people kind of uh, don't know the ins and outs of it we yeah. have an episode on that so if you guys want to to listen or watch it uh go to the to the real estate podcast spotify page but anyways uh yeah it's a it's a good option to have it definitely yeah. brings a lot of security first time home buyers another thing i should also say on it one more one more thing on that one is even though you're locking 18 months in advance 
four months out, we're going to look at other options, right? So that right. may not be the best option for you at that exactly. time, but it's the security. So if right. home, right, yeah, home prices do drop, you know exactly what you're getting into. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I think we're kind of getting to the close here. Um, but you know, do what, what, what is your predictions here for the future? What do you think it's going to happen? Do you have any advice for first time home buyers or anyone looking to invest in real estate right now? Totally. Um, I mean, this is a very common term, but I don't have a crystal ball. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know if there's going to be another world catastrophe. I don't know right. if there's going to be another global <laughs> pandemic. You never know. Um, but I, I think, like I was saying, kind of at the beginning, you know, we're starting to see that light at the end yes. of the tunnel. Um, I think interest rates have peaked. I think we've seen the worst of inflation. Um, I do think we're pretty damn close to the bottom for prices. Yes. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think the spring market's going to pick up. I mean, I've been hearing, I know you guys have definitely heard about this, but you know, multiples are coming back yes. and we've you know, experienced them. You guys have experienced <laughs> yeah. them. So there you go. Like it's, it, and it's, it's, it's one of those ones where it's definitely more stressful for you guys. It's more stressful for me. Cause you know, you never know. And I hope we don't, um, but we won't, we might get back to the subject free offers right. and you know, th there is always that kind of market. It's Vancouver, right? Right. Market may heat up, but I uh, know I, I believe that. Um, I think the prime interest rate, we're going to see the Bank of Canada start to make cuts by the end of the year. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be to a point where they need to stimulate the economy. I think they did it so quickly that, you know, and I, I don't know how quickly it's going to be going down. Right. So it's one of those ones where I, I do believe that the fixed interest rates can be great right now. Um, for a short term, again, certain type of buyers. Right. I think if you're an insured buyer, I think a five-year fixed or an adjustable is the best. Right. If you are a conventional buyer, so over 20% down, I think those short-term fixed options are great. Um, just because, yeah, you're getting a pretty pretty darn good interest rate for a three-year. And, you know, you have that security. Like I went, went back right. to that story with, yeah, a client of mine and um, where it just made sense for them to wait out that three years and then they'll go back right. to a variable. It's... You know, people are kind of taking out what, you know, they traditionally would have done. Right. Because it's such a different market than right. what it was a year ago, two years ago, even five years ago, right? So, right. Um, yeah, other than that, just advice for people is, I, and I couldn't say this enough, is have the conversation. If you're even considering mm -hmm. it, reach out to a mortgage broker, reach out to a realtor, like just start the process. Right. Because like, if you're, say, I mean, for me, like I've told many people like, hey man, you're, you're a year and a half away. Right. Like this exactly. is what, this, this is what you need to do right. to get there. And then they can at least develop a plan. Cause I've had, like, I have one client that I've worked with basically since I got my license and every couple months we check in, we chat and I'm like, Hey, like what's your income at now? Cause that was always, that was a big point for him. And he's like, Oh, like I'm making this now. I'm like, great. Okay. So you're getting there. What's your down payment at? And we just have those conversations and right. you know, they don't take 10, 15 minutes. Right. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. And you just know where you're at. So. Yeah. And yeah. something else too that we we're talking here um off there but you have an app right that you, you oh know, yeah we, we kate yeah, and yeah. i actually use this app uh because it's actually really good so if you know let's say you're the shyest person in the world and yeah. you don't want to talk to anyone reach out to cole on instagram yeah uh, what is your instagram mortgages by cole right mortgages by cole it's actually in my bio you can i've got a link tree in there and you can perfect click on everything i mean in there you can go through you can do an application i've actually even got on there like an application tutorial so right. you can see me walk you through an application oh, awesome. and show you how easy it is the video is nine minutes long <laughs> so it does not take a long time to do an yeah. application and yeah same thing like like you said like if they don't someone just you know they're shy and they don't want to talk yeah. um 
I can do everything virtually. And basically, if you just submit the application, send in your documents. There you go. Takes me about twenty four hours to get your pre approval. Awesome. So, so if you if you're looking to get into real estate, you just want to have an idea, a rough idea, right? Because the app can only yeah. go so far. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, uh, reach out, or Take look a up Cole uh, on Instagram. It's Mortgages by Cole. Mortgages by Cole. Um, and yeah, man, no, I appreciate the conversation today. Yeah, it was no. awesome. Thanks you for having me. Answer a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, I know we're kind of like a little bit all over the place, but there's a lot to talk about uh, in relations to. It's, uh, to mortgages, right? It's, it's very a, complex. It's a but. fun industry that we work in. Exactly. I love it. So yeah, I know. <laughs> happy to uh, happy to have the conversation and I appreciate you having me out. Awesome. Okay, yeah. guys. Well, if you guys like the episode, make sure you follow us on Instagram. It's Relatable RE Podcast. Uh, Kades and I, Instagram are also there. Again, Cole already said what his Instagram is. But again, uh, thank you guys so much for watching and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Cheers.